Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike, Season 5, Episode 11. Today we have Mr. David Hess of the Rising Above Podcast. David and Tony, how are we doing today? Hey, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Uh, I absolutely. I now I, I'm hitting my space bar, Joe. So that's what that's what I'm supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm under space bar watch right now as my cough is enhanced, and my editor, my technological advisor, has advised me that I have to hit the space bar and mute myself or talk so as not to interrupt the other people on the podcast today. Um, I don't know if I was supposed to. Was I supposed to tell them that, Joe, or was I supposed to keep that to myself? I don't know that it really matters. I feel like we've had this conversation before, but that's okay. If there's anybody that just started listening today, now they know too. Okay. Dave, what's going on? <laughs> oh, not much. You know, uh, doing podcasts, hanging out, working, all that jazz. Well, you, you, did you do one or two podcasts today? I did one, one at one o'clock and then I have one tomorrow at one o'clock. And then, so this is my second podcast of the day. So, I mean, this whole space bar thing is driving me nuts, by the way, because I almost, I, I'm like, okay, hit the space bar. Okay, take your finger off the space bar. Uh, that being said, um, I was looking at when we did our last episode with you. And everybody who's, who's watching the show today, it was an audio only, an audio only show. And it was back in April of 2022. Uh, so not quite a year ago, about 10 months ago. And at that point in time, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Rising Above Podcasts. Obviously, that's what you're the host of. That's what you've created. And at that point in time, one thing I noticed was you said something on the show. Uh, you said you were getting ready to record the following day, your 66th episode. Where are you at now? You're way over 100. Yeah, I I think I've released 127, but I have like, I think I have four of them, um, like on board, ready to re be released. So, I'm um, I'm well over 130. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and just making leaps and bounds. I, was it? I remember at one point you had to slow down. Uh, you were recording so much it was literally consuming you, um, to the point where and. You're 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 all on your lonesome, right? You're I have an editor. I have a, a technological advisor. I call him, uh, who handles that part of the show. You basically are recording, editing, publishing, marketing. Everything is David Hess. Uh, and so, um, at what point would you think it would it be time to bring on maybe an editing company or a publishing company or somebody to handle that part of the podcast? Oh boy. See, for me, that's difficult because I feel like I have to have control of those things um, because there's a specific way that I do things, but now would be a perfect time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I wonder that because that's not, so we all have different problems in the world of podcasts and we're going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of the show. But I always wonder, you know, you know, what for someone who is doing this all on their own, you know, at what point do you pull the trigger there? And, uh, I, and I've been approached uh, by so many people who do editing and, you know, hey, you know, uh, the, if, if you're on LinkedIn, I get a message every, because I publish all of our podcasts on LinkedIn, you know, yeah. and so immediately my inbox, you know, with all these, you know, these telecommunication companies and, hey, you know, for, 
$285 an episode, we'll do all the work. And that sounds great. Um, you want to pay me $300 an episode or $600 an episode? <laughs> I think me and my brother might look into that. Uh, but uh, so there's that. Um, it, you talk so much about, you know, and, and folks, when David was on the first time, it was more of a feel-good story where we were letting David tell his story as to how he's gotten to where he's at now and what the purpose of Rising Above is. Um, the podcast starts, uh, it started out with, you know, basically you wanted to tell your journey uh, in life. Um, I believe, boy, you were age, what, eight or nine when you came up from Florida to Lansing, Michigan? Eight. With uh, your baby sister, your brother Joseph, who I think is a year younger than you. Uh, he's a couple of years younger. Yeah. A couple of years younger. And then your older brother, Michael, who's one year older than you. Correct. I, am I right there? Yeah. And you tell that story. And so what Joe's going to do is you like the way I just tell Joe what he's going to do. I don't <laughs> ask. I just say what Joe's going to do. Uh, he's going to actually add, uh, in the description of this podcast, that audio show we did with you. And uh, we're also folks going to add uh, a link to get to the rising above podcast. It's absolutely easy to do uh you go to spotify type in rising above uh and boom there it is there's david hess and 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 there's the podcast so i think it was the the first two episodes the first one was with your brother michael and and then the second one is you and you're basically telling the story of how it all started you gave a, a cliff notes version um in the first episode with us uh the I mean, just the riveting story of of three very young, four very young children making their way up from Florida to Lansing, Michigan, and what you endured at such a young age, going through the foster care program, uh, and everything that unfolded when you met uh, your adopted father, uh, Mr. William Hess, and his family. And so that's where the podcast started for you. But but where has it gone since? It, it, it's really taken a turn for the better, actually. I mean, you've really found an avenue. Yeah, it's real interesting because um, when I started the podcast, I had no idea that I would be this far along, I guess, be, especially because in the beginning, I struggled to find guests um, within the first couple months. But then, like, I just hit this, I hit this, like, this wave, and I've been riding it ever since. And so for me, the podcast has be- really become like a brand in its own. Um, you know, I have a, cl- a clothing line, which we can discuss and a-, a Facebook group. So it's really become like this community of people rising above and overcoming. And um, yeah, it just, it's something that is needed for people to share their stories and, and I'm here to do so. So it's, it's kind of been crazy. It's been a crazy ride and I apologize to your guests. I'm losing my voice. So this probably sounds terrible <laughs> no, no no it doesn't sound terrible at all as a matter of fact uh the interview sounds fantastic already before it's even actually edited and and we're actually going to listen to it before it airs um we have uh i think i think i i envision joe i envision a, a time when we are capable of literally mailing out microphones that work so much better for our guests. Um, some of our guests just go off of the 
Uh, basically, Dave, they don't have the mic that, that you're on, the mic that Joe's on. I have my my mic that you can't see right now below me here. Um, they go right off of their headphone, uh, and it sounds every bit of like that. So uh, you sound fantastic right now. Uh, uh, tone and everything, uh, I would say. Um, that being said, uh, as that has nothing to do with the show today. <laughs> When we talked about the uh, the foster care program, um, I know you and Joe at one point got into a conversation about the after foster care program. You even actually had guests on your show. I think it was actually the two young ladies who were, they were trying to raise money by, I don't know if it was sailing, uh, parasailing all the way around the world uh, to raise money. They were going to row a boat across, I believe it's the Pacific Ocean. And, uh, actually I believe they're doing it this year, but yeah, they were trying to raise money for this cause where they're going to raise money for foster kids to be able to go to, um, uh, it's like a, a water school, like for kids to learn how to, uh, um, like work boats and stuff. Like, I, I can't remember the name of the school, but yeah, they were trying to raise money for that cause. Yeah, and I I remember that because I know that, and I don't know much about it. Uh, I watched that episode uh, and actually listened to that episode um, in my drive between Youngstown and Lansing, uh, and I remember them talking about what a problem aftercare, uh, fo- after foster care programs have become uh, or have been forever uh, in terms of neglect. And I know you and Joe began a conversation about that. And Joe, I don't if you if you recall that conversation to a certain extent. Uh, I know that you guys talked a lot about that, and I can't remember where it left off uh, for the most part. But it was something that you couldn't really touch on at that point in time. Yeah, you know, um, I think pretty much what I was the the gist of what I was trying to say was to kind of give the uh, additional perspective of being a foster parent and what it is that, that, and in no way am I trying to compare or contrast being a foster child, being taken from your home and everything that, that I'm not trying to say that, but just to give an idea of what actually happens on the opposite end of it. Um, you know, there's, there's right now in the state of Ohio, uh, our, our adoption agency just put out a flyer and it says something along the lines of 13,000 kids need foster homes. There's only like six to 7,000, uh, licensed foster parents in the state. So you have this epidemic, okay? And it's getting to a point where, you know, we're trying to figure out like, how do you fix this problem? How do you get more people? And then we're running into this filter issue, right? Where, and I, I feel like this is something that, uh, David, I don't know if you, you know, how many placements were you in before you got to your final destination? Uh, fortunately for me, I was only in one um, but like my sister, she was in two and my other brother, he was in one also. So, um, yeah, fortunately for us, we didn't bounce around too much. Yeah. See, that's good because a lot of times, like right now we have our daughter who we've just recently adopted and, uh, she was placed three homes. Now, just to give you an idea of what happens, uh, you know, the, the state will pay a certain stipend every month for a child. Okay. And that's to help with, you know, food and, and, and utilities. And it's just basic. It's sort of like, sort of like childcare. 
You know, I mean, you're baby, you're basically a babysitter at that point for the state. That's what a foster parent is. Um, the home that she was in prior to us, the woman uh, ha- handled a lot of special needs cases. So there's an even addition. There, there's a greater amount of money that she's being paid for every child. Well, she had three or four kids there. Uh, one who was an autistic nonverbal. You you had uh, our daughter that was there who she has her her you know her needs that that we're currently going through right now. Uh, you know, and then two other children. When we first got ours in, when Trinity first got here, uh, we found that. Um, Let's see. I want to say within the first six to seven months, she put on about 25 pounds and grew about six inches, six, seven inches. Now, that is something that happens to children who first get found in that neglected home. You see what I'm saying? So uh, when she was first, like when they're first placed in their first home, usually you'll see that that uptake in, in their health and everything because they've been neglected. We got her from her third placement and and then she started to... Uh, to grow. So it gives you a little idea of what it's like with in some of these homes. Now, I don't know what the woman's intentions prior to her were, okay? Uh, I don't know if she bit off more than she could chew with the children that she has, but I do know that it is an ongoing problem where a lot of people are just looking at the money that they can get for these kids, and it's not about the foster care in of itself. Like, there's a really bad filter issue, and you find a lot of agencies that it's like a don't ask, don't tell. They just need someone to take the kids because, again, there's so many out there uh, th- that are in need of a home and they don't have the homes. Nobody's going to hurry up and shut down a home that takes special need ki- needs kids when we need those people. So, you know, it, it's it's like they know there's problems, but nobody wants to investigate or they're really quick to say, ah, maybe not, you know. And it happens. And it's it's kind of a scary thing. Now, I'm not saying that's just within, like, actually, she didn't start. Um, it, it wasn't the adoption agency that we go through. It was another county. And it seems to be more prevalent amongst the counties to do that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's just the whole, the whole, the whole way that it, when we first decided that we we're going to foster to adopt, you kind of get this idea that, yeah, you're going to go in, take classes, and then get online. And you're going to find a baby because they tell you there's a website. (laughs) And I know how crazy that sounds, right? There's a website. You're going to go, you're going to pick your baby and you're going to get a little baby. Okay. Furthest thing from the truth ever. Okay. But they never said that. So, I mean, who are you going to call a liar? Then they, but they do give you a website to go to, right? So you go to this website and you don't realize this at first, but all of the children that you see, they've got these gorgeous little smiles and they're the cutest little kids and they're awesome and everything. And it's like, oh, show of interest, show of interest. You're, you're putting in a show of interest with all their agencies, right? And then they give you what's called their CSI, where you get the backstory on these kids and you're finding out they're fire starters. Uh, they have, you know, just like, I don't want to say it, it isn't that they're beyond help, but what are you willing to deal with, especially when you have children of your own? You have to consider that. If these kids are are uh, uh, sexually, if they've been sexually, uh, I don't want to say active, but if they were molested uh, in their in their past, that's something that you're going to be dealing with in your home with children. Uh, there's a lot of things you have to consider. So you find it, you're finding out real quick, not by anyone uh, prior to this, right? As you're going down the, the system, you're finding out real quick that uh, okay, 
this isn't what I thought it was, and and now you're licensed, but you still want to adopt. Well, maybe, and then time goes by, and then suddenly you get a child who's like, okay, we'll give this one a try because it's not so bad. I got to tell you, our Trinity, I'm happy that we have her. I'm, I'm glad that she's in the home, and ooh, I'll tell you, a lot of learning there, and a lot of self-learning too. I, I I could say a lot of things. She makes me pretty crazy, but at the end of the day, I'm probably a better person because of this young lady. Um, you know, I've always said that when you want patience, you know, you, you pray for patience. God gives you situations to practice patience. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, when, when she, you know, first came into the home, um, you know, again, she didn't come uh, without, any, without any special needs. I mean, there was a lot of things that she had. She had some stuff. And uh, we had to work our way through that. But now, typically, you're with, you get a child, you'll have this child for a year, 18 months. Well, the last woman wanted some ridiculous amount of money. Okay. At the end of it, when you go to adopt, I'm sorry, I should backtrack with this. When you go to adopt, you actually negotiate an amount of money for this child. Now, hear me out. When there's special needs, you're you're negotiating things like uh, uh, special education um, if they're if they need social interaction because they have none. All right, which was a, a huge case with with our Trinity. Uh, if they need orthopedic surgery, possibly ours. This young lady was was in a crib till like four or five years old. She didn't learn how to walk in shoes. Okay, um, there's the there's this whole thing that that you negotiate. And there's a certain amount. Nobody gets like these thousands of dollars this woman was asking for. And when she was told that uh, that she wasn't going to get it, they went ahead and uh, uh, she said, well, then we don't want to adopt. So the woman that Trinity was even with prior to us just gave her up cold turkey because she wasn't getting the amount of money that she felt she should be getting for her. And yes, there may be an amount that is justifiable, but where she was going, it was like three times that amount. So see, there's there's a lot of stuff that's happening on the outside looking in. And this is before the foster child even comes into your home. And you take all that and then you start to wonder, well, gee, is this why there's so few foster parents? I mean, because I've got to tell you, it, it's not about the stipends or any of that other stuff. There's money, but whatever. The point is, you know, with that lack of filter in the system, how much, how much greater good would we be doing if, if there was, I don't know, something else put in place? And I, I'm not the guy to say what that is. What, I mean, do you have any suggestions? Again, being on the other end of this, I'm wondering if, if there's a solution that you might have. Well, it's one of those things that I talk a lot about, and it, it's almost like I'm complaining without a solution. Um, because it's a it's a messy subject. There's really not much you can do about it unless you offer more incentives and more resources to the families, to the the children, to the social workers. Um, the whole system that surrounds the foster care system is just fully overloaded. And yeah, after talking to so many like social workers and whatnot, it's it's a it's a huge problem, especially here in in Michigan as well. And, um, but I don't know, I guess like one of my biggest things, you said that you guys are the state of Ohio's in search of more foster parents. Um, 
Michigan, I, I think I might have brought this up on your last, the, our last episode, um, but Michigan puts out radio ads all the time. Like, oh, anybody can be a foster parent. All they need is a home. <laughs> like, it, it to me, it's like that is such a terrible ad, and that's such a terrible way to try to get people to want to get on board. Um, because then you end up with people that just want to do it for the money. And, um, yeah. So as far as having a solution for, I don't really, I don't really know what you could do other than offer more resources. You know, the thing is, well, hold on one second, Tony. The thing is too, if I think if they set the expectation a little bit more realistic too, you know what I mean? Because again, if you're going to sit there and and put it out there, like this is, you know, they set this expectation that you're going to walk away with a, with a baby that you raised from, from infancy up. Okay. As opposed to, no, you're going to have a child who has, who has some problems, who has some things that they're going to have to work through. I mean, there's no way, if you think about this, I mean, this child was pulled from their home. Okay. And knew nothing where they were at. You take our Trinity in, in, in particular, specifically where this woman had her calling her mommy for 18 months and then just split twice. Now that's happened to her when her first mother just took off and then that, and that's okay. So the, you know, there's going to be, uh, uh, some sort of security issues there and there certainly are, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's again, I think if they set more realistic expectations, um, they would have like, I don't know. I, I, because right now when you don't have that, you get the horror stories, right? Oh, I had this child for eight months and I loved her and the courts give it back to the mother, to the mother. And you see what I'm saying? Because that's that's really what they want to do is they really want to have these people work their plan and have their have their child back, which, yes, that would be an awesome story, right? But we also know that that's not typically the best story. I mean, a lot of times, how many times these kids are in the system before the judge finally says, all right, that's enough. Yeah. I, 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 I think three things here. One, uh, David, I think... Some of what Joe's talking about, William Hess may be even more suitable to be able to answer uh, a lot of those questions. Can we call him up? Yeah, we <laughs> get a, a phone a friend. Um, and, and 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 if you know what I mean, and, and folks, William Hess is is David's uh, adopted father, adopted adoptive father. Uh, David did not adopt William. Um, William adopted David. And uh, what what? How old were you when when your dad adopted you? Uh, I was 11 years old. And, and you and Joseph, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. And so, um, and, and from what I can tell, and I've never, I've never actually met William, but from what I could tell, it's a relationship that has grown exponentially over the years, um, which is fantastic to see. So, you know, in, in my eyes for, for you and Joseph, um, things worked out fantastic uh, in a dire situation in the foster care program, uh, for Miss Trinity, um, I would say this: two things before we go to a, a commercial ad here today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one, I think that a lot of what she's dealing with, and, and Joe, you and I have talked about this, is because of um, you. You just talked about for the first four years in a crib, not learning how to walk with shoes on until a certain age not really knowing who is who calling people mom for a year and a half and then the person is just gone from their life so it's very hard for a young mind to process that and i'm sure david can you know be a witness to that um 
Jillian. And folks, again, if you go to Rising Above, uh, the podcast, and we're going to have the links everywhere, no excuses, uh, you can easily hear the story from A to Z, from beginning to end, on what David and his siblings dealt with and his mom um, after a very abusive situation when they were younger, living in Florida, and had to get out of there. So, I mean, David is firsthand, um, two things, one, knowing what it's like, and two, showing people that you can rise above a very dire situation. But Trinity is in that same situation and has got lucky, Joe, as I give props to you and to Cindy, Cindy being Joe's wife. Um, and the other thing, before we go to the ad here, that I want to point out is the other thing I know for sure is that Trinity absolutely loves her uncle. It's it's apparent. It's very apparent. And I mean, what what can what can I say? Um, I that's just the way it is. So, with that being said, folks, I want you to take that all in. We're going to go to an ad from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, everyone. Two Brothers One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T Bomb. Once again, we're talking about Kitchen Abs, but this time we're talking about their great selection of pancake mixes you can order right from their site. Now, whether you like blueberry cobbler, strawberry shortcake, they even have banana nut bread super cakes. You can rest assured, Kitchen Abs has you covered. And maybe you're not a fan of all these flavors, or prefer something a little more traditional, then the buttermilk flavored mix would be the perfect fit for your breakfast. The best part about all of this, these mixes are made from scratch with top-of-the-line ingredients that are all nutritionally balanced. And with up to 36 grams of protein per serving, you just can't go wrong. Now, for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So uh, in the first segment, we talked a lot about the foster care program, the aftercare program, or even the Actually, we talked a lot about the before care program, uh, more so than the aftercare program. And um, again, it's just, it's so interesting the way something is marketed that is so important to the development of a child. And it's marketed as almost, uh, it's like you're selling a, a service or a product that's just, you're just trying to make a little bit of money on, or you're just trying to get rid of. And uh, when it comes to a human life at a young age, it's disgusting, if you if you ask me. Uh, and are we going to land the 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 Joe Sargentopoulos and Cindy Sargentopoulos? Are we going to land the William Hesses every time? Or are we going to land people who have a different agenda? And and that's what's unfortunate. So it's like a crapshoot for these young kids. And that's just I I don't know. Well, what's the what the answer is to that? I mean, we, I, I know you guys have already brought that up, and we could probably talk for two hours about it. But what would be a, a solution? And you know, we'll talk about that a little bit, and then, and then we'll carry uh, carry the conversation in a in a different direction, maybe one a little more um, positive in nature. With such unfortunate, you know, conversation we're having right now, maybe we should open it up for the uh, for the audience to send in re- like requests or um, suggestions that they may have. Because th- for me, that's something that. Uh, I, I don't have a solution to. I don't really know what the solution could be. Yeah, I think David, I think one of the things that that uh, David said earlier too is, and and this is a huge uh, uh, issue. It isn't so much the foster parents that are needed. I mean, they are, 
but it's the it's the caseworkers. I mean, they are so overworked. And how do you how do you give a hundred percent? Like children deserve a hundred percent. You can't give a hundred percent to every child when you have 50, 60 on a caseload and somebody goes on maternity leave or somebody goes and I mean, what happens? Everything just gets backed up. So, you know, not anything am I saying is a knock on, on, you know, people that are working and, and are true to, to, to what they're doing, but you know, the system as a, as a whole. And I think, uh, David, if you ask any of the social workers that, that you've had on or, or that, you know, personally, they'll tell you the whole system is broken. Um, even the ones that they work for, but it doesn't mean that they're broken. Uh, you know, they, I think they do the best with what they have to work with. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest problems though, is they're not able to talk about the system whatsoever, even though that they know it's broken. The communication is so broken on their end because I mean, they've been sued so many times, you know, so they're, as far as like being covered by any media, they don't allow it. Um, and a lot of times it results in a lot of like the social workers getting fired. So I, evidently we have to be the, the voice. Uh, I'm sure that quietly any of them who are watching this show or any show uh, that talks about this are nodding and smiling and saying, yes, please, please save us because we can't talk about this. And uh, it's, it, it's, you know, it's a society problem. It's, it's what we deem a, there's a moral issue here, right? There's a moral standard not being upheld. And that's not just a problem in this particular program. That's a problem across the board in so many different programs. Uh, social programs, we'll just stick with that across the country. Uh, the way we handle them, a lot of times we're, we, are, we are more concerned with people who don't need and less concerned with people who need. And as just another, that's just another situation. And I don't want to, I don't want to stick, I mean, I don't want to stick on this particular topic forever uh, because there's some good to talk about today, but you still have to address these things. Uh, and unfortunately, these people can't address it. So if they can't address it, we have to. I mean, I, I guess that's the, the simplest way to put it. I think the idea that there's a foster care system to begin with is, is proof positive that there's, there's a problem. You're right. Uh, that it's a social issue. I mean, uh, you know, if the parents were doing what they should be doing in the beginning, if people did, but I mean, if is a pretty big word sometimes. Yeah. Um, how about we go 180? Let's do 180, ladies Let's and gentlemen. Let's go 180. David, as we continue to talk about the rising above. Now, is it the, it's the rising above podcast, right? Yep. It's not just rising above podcast. It's the rising above podcast. Um, episode 66 in April of 2022. Now all of a sudden we're in the episode 130 range and we've had so many guests on. Not everybody is always about, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Not everyone is about the foster care program. Uh, it may have started off going in that direction and there's been guests that, that have been on your show that that is the the reason they're on. But there's so many others, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But just some other things that we've done since then, that you've done since then. I've been on your show three times. Uh, we had some technical difficulties the first time. I thought the last show we did was fantastic. It was an off-the-cuff, and we were hitting on everything. As a matter of fact, I, I got a lot of... Um, texts and emails and messages saying listen to that pod 
podcast, and, and that was really good uh, with you and, and the host, David Hess, from the Rising Above podcast. I like the way you guys were doing that, um, going back and forth. I've only, I, only had one, I only had one person, I told you about that, who liked it until you made comment about something about the fact that um, the Republicans seem to be more willing to come on your show and give their spill than the Democrats do. And that triggered, <laughs> that triggered somebody. And, and I, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, all right. We're in a, we're in that type of society now where certain people just don't want to hear stuff like that. Uh, and so, but for the most part, it was a fantastic show. I mean, what, what, I mean, you got two guys, two podcasters talking shop. So I know again, props again, again, I'm giving props out to, to, to myself and you shame on me. Um, you've gone forward now. You've gone forward. You've gone into, uh, Facebook live, which I was a part of a Facebook live, both myself and, uh, a coworker of ours, Mr. Nick Hall, uh, where we were talking about, um, discipline, uh, if I'm not mistaken and all the different realms to that. Now, where do you want to go with that, with the Facebook live, with the rising above podcast? So what I'm trying to do with the Rising Above podcast is grow my brand, essentially. Um, it's become something that is, people need a, a feeling of belonging. People want to be a part of something. People want to be uh, surrounded by like-minded people. Um, and people kind of need somebody to help guide them or they need a place where they can go to uh, have resources. And um, so that's, I started the Rising Above uh uh, community Facebook group. And that's kind of what my purpose for that is, is to have a group of people that are like-minded people who maybe want to learn more about fitness or people who want to learn more about mental health. Um, people who I like, I, I want to cover one of the lives I want to do here soon is, um, uh, seasonal depression. So like going live in the group is something that I want to do weekly eventually. Um, haven't quite got there yet, but I want to do a weekly live covering a topical subject every week so that like people can go there and just maybe learn something or even add input. Um, they could join the conversation if they want. So it's just a, a way for people to be a part of a community and to, I guess, rise above together. So, um, right now, like I post in the group usually every morning about my morning routine and I think it kind of helps inspire people to also want to get up and, and, you know, be encouraged to go about their day. And, um, even if it's not working out, hopefully it's, you know, just simply getting out of bed that, you know, motivates them when they see that. So. Yeah. You, you, every morning you, you, you have a, a, it's becoming habitual in a good way. Uh, as far as journaling is concerned, uh, folks we've had on, uh, Kurt and Rachel Tucker, uh, in our show about success and Kurt even showed us, uh, behind him. It was a video show. Uh, literally he has all his journals and folders over. I don't remember what the period of time was, but there were a lot of folders. Uh, he is a huge, huge, uh, advocate of journaling. And so I noticed that you do that. I have begun to do that. Um, I try to read, uh, at least a scripture to a page. Uh, from the Bible every morning, I try to journal 
every morning. If I don't do both, I try to make sure I do one. And I, about two weeks ago, began another process, thanks to you, in the community page. And Joe, I, I think you need to get on board with this. I take a one-minute freezing cold shower, followed by, followed by about a three- to four-minute hot shower, followed by a one-minute freezing cold shower again. The benefits are amazing, Joe. Your thoughts on a, it's a two-minute cold shower altogether. Some people do this for five minutes every morning, and the morning is the best time. Would you do it, Joe? That's my question. Simple answer is no. <laughs> no, I'm not ever doing that. Why would no, I? No. Well, wait, wait a minute. What if I tell you the benefits of this? What if well, I the ben- ben- You know the benefits of getting into a warm shower? You're not cold. Yeah, yeah, but that's not even, see, you're doing that, you're, you're on this, you're, you're in the same. It's a paradigm. It's a paradigm. I can't help it. It's, this is just the way it's going to be. I, you're never going to. Yeah, but listen to me. Okay. Now listen to me for a second here, folks. This is the whole, my whole life growing up. This is how it's been. Listen to me. Okay. You're on that ketogenic diet thing where, and I agree with you on that. I won't do it either. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, so I agree. But with this, when it comes to the cold shunner, the studies are going to, this is proven. Because we're big on facts, right? We're big on studies. Sure. Uh, inflammation, huge reduction in inflammation in your body. I take an ibuprofen. your joints. I take an ibuprofen. Oh my goodness! Uh, let me continue. Weight loss. It's a uh, cold showers are intermittent uh, fasting. Anyway, um, uh, on top on top of all this, okay. It's it's actually a good cardio workout, believe it or not, in terms of your heart rate. Don't 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 tell me treadmill because I know your goal, your or whatever you're going to talk about, or hit training. I'm I'm talking about adding even more so to what you're already doing. It's a therapeutic modality, is what it is. It's a therapeutic modality followed by a hot shower. You get it's like a bonus for you. You get the hot shower, okay, to increase blood flow, and then you're back to the cold shower. I'm telling you right now. It's a. It's almost like caffeine. It's a huge wake up. I. I. Yeah. I know. It's a huge wake up call every morning. David, you know what else? Showers. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Go. You know what else is a lot like caffeine? Coffee. Coffee. I'm good enough. There it is. I. Circulation. All right. So I'll just look. I'll jump ahead. Of, David, I'm trying to promote you. I'll get into the hot over here. I'll get into the warm. I'll get into the warm shower. Right. And I'll just have circulation. I'll just do that part. I mean, if that part's beneficial, then at least I'm what a third. I'm a third on the way. Isn't that that we ended? Was that like two, two, two minutes and then a one minute? Isn't that what you said? When I'm 90 and you're 86, 87 and you can't make it up the stairs and I'm and jogging past you, you're going to say I should have listened to him a long time ago about taking No, I'm going to say pick me up and take me up there. That's no, I'm not, I, I'll push you. I'll push you up there. I'm not carrying you up there, right? Is that when we, we sell people? We'll push you. We're not going to carry you. So, I mean, Dave, I mean, what, anything else when it comes to the cold showers, any other reason why you do it? It does something to you mentally. Like when you get out, when you, cause the way I do it is I take a, a warm shower, I wash up. And then like the last three minutes, I, I tell Siri to set a three minute timer and I stand in the cold shower for three minutes while I wash my body. And by the time you get out, it does something to you mentally. It, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but it's just like. I don't know. You just feel so good. And so like, well, for one, you're relieved that you're out of the cold, 
but you feel like you already got something hard out of the way for the day. Yeah. Mental clarity, cognitive function is one of the benefits. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it's because I I looked into it when you were, you you posted on your community page and people started talking about it. And I said, I'm going to try this and I've been doing it. And I'm not going to lie to you. You don't go right into three minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I did 30 seconds and 30 seconds. I just got up to a minute and a half and a minute and a half now. I do one before and then one after um, in the same shower and the same um, one-time deal uh, in the morning. But uh, I, my my goal is to eventually get up to five minutes total, two and a half before, then the warm shower, then two and a half after. And, and that's all you really need. Plus, you know, it's a great experience if you're going to be in another Tough Mudder. Because if I'm going to be in another Tough Mudder and you got to jump in that ice bath, Joe, you're, I'll be ready to go. Yeah, yeah, all jokes aside, I've actually started to do this, but not because I, I'll be honest with you, David, I never, I never heard you say it. Um, no, I actually, uh, uh, it's not like that. After I have a workout, I get in the shower, in my warm shower, at the end of it, I go into the cold and I try to just cool off and close all your pores and everything. But especially I have to cool off because I've just had such a workout that give or take the shower, the hot shower after the workout, and then you immediately start sweating as soon as you put on your clothes. I mean, it, I got to jump in the shower again. So, I mean, I've actually been doing something like that. So, again, all jokes aside, I didn't know it had all that other stuff to do with it. I just felt like it cooled me off. And uh, I I knew en- enough that, you know, you want to close your pores and everything after you've been in the shower. Sounds like I'm a good subject for you guys to cover on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Joe, if you were a member of the Rising Above uh, community page on Facebook, you would already know all the benefits <laughs> of this. Uh, I... Joe, am an expert. I have an expert uh, underneath my name. I'm a professional training expert. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you folks. It makes me feel pretty good when I see that. Um, and people ask me questions, right? Or I, I, you get to engage with everybody on the page. And I, the, what I like about it is you can make a little joke here and there. Uh, but, but for the most part, everybody's very... They're serious about it, right? Um, social media to me is is to poke fun. But if you can find the places where you can be serious and you have people who are serious about what they're doing, these are the kind of pages you want to be on. And so I think it's a fantastic idea that David has when it comes to the page, when it comes to the Facebook Live. And uh, I, have to, uh, I have to start looking at the apparel line. I saw where you put on Facebook that you were starting an apparel line. I looked at some of the stuff. I like a lot some of the some of the attire that you have out there. You're talking about physical structures that you want to start moving clothing lines into, and and things of that nature. What how is that going right now? Oh boy. Um, well, the apparel line is still growing. Um, it's not something that is going to be in a store anytime soon. However, I might put them in some local stores in Lansing because there's there's some stores that you can you know, put your, your products in. So that might be something I might do. Um, but the goal is to eventually have like a storefront, uh, somewhere where I can, you know, sell my products and, and whatnot. But yeah, that's not, that's not anytime here soon. Uh, and what we will do though, well, is right here on the two brothers, one Mike, uh, virtual show, uh, store, we will be putting the link in the description of this podcast to get to the Rising Above podcast apparel line. 
I myself am looking at two different items that I already saw that I'm going to be purchasing. And, uh, and they are, they are, they're pretty cool. I, I like the design. I like, I like what you've done already. January of 2021, was this part of the vision or do things just keep coming at you and you keep thinking to yourself, wow, this is just, it's like a snowball effect, right? Just rolling downhill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I mean, for a good, you know, it's a good cause though. It's a good reason why. Did you think of Paraline in the very beginning or was this something that came to you just recently? So no, I didn't think that at all. Um, January, 2021, I was like, I just want to keep doing the podcast. That was the goal. Um, had no ideas of where I wanted to take the podcast, really had no ideas of what I wanted to, to necessarily do, but to just continue doing what I was doing. And everything for me kind of changed when I went to, uh, I went to this event called Roger up in Chicago. I ended up having Kevin Ross, who is the, uh, Muay Thai fighter back on the podcast. And he had talked about this event that he was going to be speaking at in Chicago. And so I was like, well, tell me about that event. Um, tell me about the guy who's hosting it. Maybe I'll have him on too. And so I ended up having, um, his name is Brent Magnuson. He's an author of the book, uh, called Roger up. And it was an event where he had, uh, it was like a motivational weekend essentially, but like it, I, I don't like that term motivational because it's like, kind of like, like, hey, you can do anything. But this event was cool because you had all these ex Navy seals there, people who had actually done hard, hard things in life, like people who have accomplished a lot of things, but who had also like struggled with, with certain things like um, one of the, one of the speakers there, his name was Jason Redmond and he was a Navy SEAL that was shot in the back of the head. He was shot like six, seven other times. And, um, yeah, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have lived, but he made it. And so like his whole thing was, you know, like overcoming and like becoming a better person and, and, and whatnot. But they, anyways, they did this whole weekend and they had all these Navy SEALs there. And it was kind of a cool event because, um, we ended up getting, we, we were able to train with them, uh, in the morning, each morning. And then in wow. the, we did jujitsu with, uh, one of the top trainers, um, uh, at the UFC for the UFC, for a lot of UFC fighters. And uh, that's cool. That's really cool. It was probably the best experience. One of the best experiences of my life. And it was a, a moment for me that changed the way I looked at life. Um, that's when I started journaling. That's when I started reading. That's when I started having a morning routine, started taking cold showers. And for me, journaling is probably one of the things that like helped me start the apparel line. Just like simply writing down your thoughts and some of the things you like your goals and your just things you want out of life kind of, it helped, it kind of helped take the rise and above podcast to where it is today. And so, um, so yeah, that whole event there in September is probably what changed the whole course of the Rising Above podcast. That's um, that's a man. And now I talk to you, I as I lose my voice right now every episode. <laughs> uh, I I talk to you often. I I didn't talk to you. I know that you went to that event, but I for some reason I'm drawing a blank. We may not have talked about that where you actually got to work and train with these these gentlemen. Uh, maybe ladies also, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so, um, 
Yeah, man, that would be, that would be, I, I mean, that's, that's just like, to me, it's just like meeting, you know, top celebrities. I mean, like these are people that put their lives on the line on a regular basis and the skill set they have as they defend our nation. I put them way above most other people. Uh, well, a lot of them, a lot of them were, are celebrities. And so that was the kind of the cool part is you have these high level people all in one place there to talk to you and who cared about you and cared about you changing kind of the course of your life. And, um, yeah, it was just a cool experience. Like Kevin Ross was there and I got to meet him and, and hang out with him and, um, Jason Redman, he's a, he's kind of a celebrity now he's written several books. I'm reading one of his books right now in my morning routine. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, I, he was cool. I got to smoke a cigar with him one year. So it's just like, I don't know, it was really, it was a really cool experience overall. So it was cool to see these people, um, who are these high level people care about somebody who, who's like, like me or somebody, somebody else who, who had gone also. Yeah. I think what's really cool about people like that, the, the way you're describing them, and I have not met these people, uh, is that they act, they don't act above you. Um, they act as your peer uh, just trying to give you some type of inspiration so that they could show you that I'm just like you. I took these steps and you may look at me as being something greater than you, but it was these steps I took, which make you look at me that way. Right. I think that's, what's great about those kind of people. Um, they don't look down on you. They look at you and say, follow me. I'm going to show you what it took for me to get to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and what was cool for me was that most of the people that were there as speakers did my podcast, which was for me, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like there was two, yeah. two women that did my podcast. Um, and then an, an, another guy who was a Navy SEAL, he did my podcast. I was supposed to get Jason Redmond to do my podcast, but he's really busy traveling. So we still have to work that out. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool to just have these people kind of, also like willing to support what I have going on also. Okay. And, and we're going to take a, a one more break here to listen to another ad from our, our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to finish up with the final segment here with rising the rising above podcast host, Mr. David Hess. Don't go anywhere. Everyone we will be right back. Two brothers. One Mike is sponsored by YSN, your sports network, loyal, local, live. Hey everyone, it's Joe from Two Brothers, One Mike. For all of our sports enthusiasts out there from the Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania area with busy schedules, we know you can't always make it to the big game. Well, we have some great news for you. Now is your chance to listen or watch your favorite high school teams compete on the YSN Network. Covering multiple sports from more than 50 area high schools as well as Youngstown State University Baseball, and the Mahoney Valley Scrappers, and so much more. What's that? No longer live in the Northeastern Ohio or Western Pennsylvania area? No problem. You can go to YSNlive.com on any browser or download the YSN Live app, available on both the App Store and Google Play, so you can listen wherever you'd like to start your sports binge and streaming experiences today. Now, back to our podcast. Welcome back, everyone. So we've been talking about anything and everything today when it comes to rising above uh, life uh, when it comes to foster care. 
uh, when it comes to how that show started, uh, what the premise of everything was in the very beginning, the, uh, the podcast itself. We've talked about the apparel line. Uh, we've talked about in terms of social media, what you're doing there to reach out to the community and get people to to come together uh, and rise above together. And I said in the beginning of the show, we were going to get to some of your guests. Um, and I, I think in this last segment today, it's a good time to do it because you had mentioned some of them. And this is where I started realizing he's going above and beyond just people who are coming from the foster care program. Um, he's going to anyone and everyone who is willing to tell their story where they were not doing so well and then just kept pushing and, and realizing that the only way to, you know, to succeed is to fail. Uh, and you mentioned Kevin Ross. Um, you mentioned a couple of the Navy SEALs. There was one gentleman and I talked about this in the last show and man, I, I can't remember his name, one arm and one leg. And the things that he accomplished, I believe he was on, I think he was on Ellen. I think he, he did a lot of different like Tough Mudder style races with one arm and one leg. What was that gentleman's name? His name's Noah Galloway. Noah and Galloway. He's a Spartan, a Spartan warrior. Is that what they call him? Yeah, those, those are definitely hard races. They're, they're Tough Mudders. Some people tell me that they're, yeah, I've done a couple of different warrior races. I didn't do a Spartan one. I've done Tough Mudders. Um, but I hear that those are some of the toughest and to be able to do that with one arm and one leg just seems like he's smiling the whole time. Um, that's a different mindset. That's a different beast, right? Uh, of a mindset. And his episode with you was fantastic. Um, just a very, not motivational. Um, and even we interviewed a gentleman by the name of Mr. Marco Pasqua from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, he was in a Hulu show called Back in Time, uh, Back to the Future, when they talked all about the history behind that show. Marco was in that uh, episode, and he came on our show, and he is a an inspirational speaker. He doesn't like the word motivational either. So when you said that, it, it kind of it's it sparked my interest because Marco says the same thing. Um, he's uh, paraplegic, and uh, boy, you wouldn't know it. Um, he just takes life by the, you know, one keeps going. Um, yeah. And so I like the inspirational part better than the motivational part, you, but you go in so many different directions with your guests. Uh, Richard Pragley was a fantastic story. Uh, one of my favorites still, uh, and folks, if you want to know what these stories are about, you've got to go to the rising about podcast and watch these episodes or listen to them and find out what they're all about. Anthony Hudson was an interesting gentleman. Um, I found myself liking Anthony and then saying, wait a minute, and then liking Anthony. He's a, actually a great interview because he keeps you on your toes the whole time. I didn't always agree with everything he said, but is he still running for president in 2024? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, you say that nonchalantly, but your guests are probably like, wait, wait, what? Who's this guy? Yeah. Uh, he's a famous TikToker from, well, kind of famous, you know, TikToker from Michigan who plans on running for president of the United States. And, um, yeah, he's still in the race, uh, still, still grinding at it, I guess. Um, a lot of people, and that's the thing, like you, you it was funny. You said you found yourself liking some of the things he said and, and not liking some of the things he said, but that's a huge problem with, with today and, and podcasts and social media is that you either 
people want to like identify as like, I, I want to listen to this or I don't want to listen to this because I like that or I don't like that. And it's just, sometimes it's good to just hear ideas and whether you like the person or not. And that's kind of like my philosophy with a podcast and interviewing all these different guests is I just want to give everybody a voice. Even if I don't agree with them, I've had, I've had, I've had somebody on who, um, uh, this was towards the beginning of the podcast, but she was running for city council here in Lansing. And, uh, she was all for defunding the police. And that's not something that I'm for. I don't believe in defunding the police. I, I think we need police. I think it's super important. Um, but I gave her a voice. And so I think like for me, that's why I talk to so many different people is like, I might find them interesting or I might find what they're doing interesting. And so I want to talk to them and give them a chance to talk about it. And especially because like, for me, there's no, or at least for people in Lansing or the mid Michigan area, there's nobody else doing it, but me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I that's, that is a problem. Uh, just because Anthony Hudson didn't say everything that I wanted to hear. It didn't bother me. Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm maybe I'm strange because I don't get so riled up at other people's opinions. It's a huge problem, huge problem in this country right now, maybe in the world. But when I'm focused, my I'm hyper focused on the United States of America. That's where I'm from. And so when I'm watching this, it's it's disturbing because nobody wants to. And we, uh, Joe and I just did a show uh, on social media and some of the problems. And we're going to do another one uh, and have our clinical psychologist come on to talk about people's thinking processes when it comes to how they, how they take in and process information. And what is this whole thing about feelings now where you can't, I mean, if you're not on my page with my agenda, then don't, don't, I don't want to hear your opinion. And so it's unfortunate, just like the gentleman who was running for governor and we talked about it, you know, when I was on your show, we talked about, I, you were getting on an airplane and I texted you and I said, well, you know, what's going on? Uh, you were just getting attacked left and right for having this gentleman on your show because people didn't like, um, you know, his idea, you know, his ideology of, of how he, you know, he's a conservative and people had a major issue with him. And I, I just thought, wow, I mean, this guy's just giving his ideas he didn't say anything that seemed uh, he, where he was going to attack, physically attack human beings. I mean, he was just talking about policy and what he feels is wrong and what he feels is right, whether we agree with it or not. So, I mean, you know, that was a little bit much. It's, it's kind of funny and ironic um, how people get mad at things like that because I got a bunch of hate for it. A bunch. And that's kind of when I, I decided that, well, for one, people started paying attention to me. I'm like, this is, this is really good. Like, even though I'm getting a bunch of hate for it, people are watching it. People are paying attention. People are following me, even though they might be like, you know, the extreme person or whatever, but I was getting noticed. So I'm like, any attention is good attention, even though that they, they don't realize what they're doing is they're putting me in a spotlight and on social media, any attention's good attention, whether it, whether it's you did something bad or good. If people are paying attention to you, disliking your stuff or commenting, it it brings up your views. People see that a lot more, and so that was good for me. It helped yeah. me a lot, um, sure. and a lot of the haters didn't realize that. But 
Um, what was funny about that that episode with Ryan Kelly? Mm-hmm. Somebody commented, and this this makes me laugh. The only reason why I bring it up is because it's so funny. They're like, um, they were giving me hate, saying that you know I I don't like him, whatever. And I was like, well, maybe you should listen to it. And they're like, I'm not listening to that. I can't listen to that hate. And I'm like, you haven't even listened to it. How are you going to tell me that it's a terrible episode? And um, it was just, I don't know, it was kind of funny just to see where people's minds were at that time. They just yeah. knew that they didn't like him. And so then they kind of associated my podcast with being this like alt-right or whatever. And so they just chose not to listen. Yeah. yeah. And and I think as podcasters, we're going to talk about this to end the show today. Uh, but, but, but I want to talk about what couple other guests that you had on real quick um another episode that i listened to uh with autumn clifford um she she was straightforward uh no 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 filter i'll tell you exactly how it is but she was fantastic yeah um autumn's it all really liked that episode i mean she was good she was uh one of the speakers at roger up and um okay so I got to hang out with her also. And she, that's one thing I really liked about her is <clears throat> her is, um, she was a super down to earth person, like just hanging out with her. Like she has this strong mind and this strong personality, but she's a normal person and she doesn't think she's better than you, but she's willing to help you and, and yeah. try to like give you advice and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that that podcast that it, that episode with her was real turned real interesting because beforehand she's like kind of asking me how things are going. Um, I tell her about the uh, apparel line I plan on starting a, a clothing business, and she's like, "Well, that's shallow. What are you, what are your like? You need to like have you need to define it a little bit more. Like, what is it going to be about?" Yeah, she flipped the script on you. I was like, "Oh, she just became <laughs> the interviewer." <laughs> uh, but yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, so that that episode was a little out of the ordinary for me because uh, we literally she was in the middle of like a coaching thing with me, and she's like, you know what, maybe we should just hit record. I'm like, yeah, let's hit record, and so we just kind of came into it in the middle, and uh, yeah, it was a good episode. I really well, for sure, and, and you've had the, you've had plenty, uh, and again, folks, uh, the links to the podcast will be in the description of this podcast. You know, it, it's. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, I think the last question today, and I'm sure Joe may want to add to this uh, as far as, because Joe, you're, you're a podcaster. Uh, it's, it's in your blood now. Uh, so you're just as much a part of this. But when it comes to podcasting, what is, uh, and David, I'm asking you, obviously you're our guest today. What is it that makes podcasting great? Such a general question, right? But what is it that makes podcasting great to you? That is such a general question, but there's a lot of things. It, I mean, the one of the things that makes it so great is that you can literally talk about whatever. You can talk about what, I mean, if you have an extreme right-wing opinion or whatever idea, you can talk about that. Or if you have an extreme left-wing idea, you can talk about that. Um, and you can, you can target your your audience specifically which is you know awesome that you can like somebody like you who's a line worker or somebody like me who's a line worker can have an audience whereas like some like before you had to be like go to a radio channel or like if you wanted to talk on 
to where people could hear you, you had to have like a, a rate, you had to be a, a radio host or you had to be on the news or whatever. So I think for me, it's having the accessibility to be able to talk about whatever you want, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, it, it is, it is amazing because it gives everybody an opportunity to, and, and let's, let's look at the numbers, millions and millions and millions of podcasters out there. Uh, I forget what it is. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the number, but it was very, five, very small. I heard the other day it was at 5 million, but the thing is like, they say it's 5 million, but like, let's say somebody started a podcast and they just did check, check, check. And then that's it. That's considered a podcast. So there's probably about a million of those. I forget what the number is as far as how many succeed longer than one year, but it's a small, small percentage. Uh, oh, we're at a very small crowd there. It's like 30%. As, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that being said, I, I think it's, it's so awesome that we're able to have a passion for a platform, right? Our platforms are, are different and the same, our two podcasts. Uh, but we have a passion for a platform. We deliver that passion, uh, regardless of where our journey was at like before that. Um, folks, make sure that you you understand this though. Uh, Joe and David will just nod in agreement here. I'm sure it's not easy to podcast if you want to be successful with it. And we're not. And I'm talking about all three of us. We're not even close to where we want to be. Um, we want these podcasts to go above and beyond, uh, and we're not above, let alone beyond yet. We're just starting and we're going to keep moving and keep grinding. Uh, it's not an easy journey. There's a lot of work that goes into podcasting. If it's going to be successful, if you're going to get to that success that you want, you have to push the envelope. So there's that as well, but to start it up, it's, it's something that, you know, years ago you couldn't do and now you have that opportunity and that platform and it's not just a hobby to me it's it's a it's a very important part of my life now so i mean joe what what is the the benefits to you what, what's the great thing about podcasting for me i'm just having fun i mean i love doing the podcast i love being able to crack some jokes i love being able to get serious when it's time to get serious uh you know i love editing believe it or not now that i have a better handle on it. I really love it. Uh, you know, it, everything technological with everything. I mean, that's always been my bag, you know, that I think you joked with David on the, your first time on there that if you know me, I'm probably sitting there looking at a set of like, gee, what's he got over there? What's that? And I was, as you did. That, and I was, yeah, text, I'm getting text messages. Hey, I was doing it that right by your left foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and so for me, it's just, it's, it's fun. I love the idea that we're doing this and that there's an end product and we can put it out there. Uh, I worked a lot of the traditional nine to five for a lot of a lot of years. And it's that same thing. There's no end. You just, like for you guys, you're on the line. The cars just keep coming. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no end result. There is further down the line. But as far as you're concerned, you just put a couple nuts or bolts or ran a check or did whatever. I don't know what you guys I do. wish. Sorry, sorry. I don't know what you guys do, but anyway, I, I wish I wish that was all we did. But I'm sorry. There's no yeah. there's no end product here. We have an end, and it yields results, right? Yeah. So for our your, our hard work, we can see that people are viewing, that they're listening, that they're and you know maybe maybe it's a little bit of like we were talking about last week with the likes and the loves and the shares and all that stuff. Uh, perhaps 
You know, I like to know that people like the show. Great example of that would be our Christmas episode that we did. I mean, I went gung-ho on that thing uh, just to get the extra music and all the little decorations and everything. Plus, I was I was in Corona quarantine, so I had extra time anyways. Uh, you know, but I really, when I started, I marketed that one extra hard and because I wanted people to enjoy it um, because we put that together. So for me, all of it, you know, again, it's it's for the fun. It's a piece of art. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of it, when you release an episode, you know, you have thumbnails, you have cover art, whatever it is. It's a piece of art. It is. And I people. think uh, for, for people out there that, that uh, I had, I had somebody ask me this yesterday. Hey, I started listening to your podcast. People will come up to me that I, sometimes I don't know them. Sometimes I, I know them and they'll say, Hey, I'm listening to your podcast. You're the podcast guy. I'm like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of us, <laughs> but, and, and what this, this young man said to me, he said, what can I do to help as far as do, do I need to subscribe? Does that help you guys? Folks, liking the show is fantastic. Giving us a five stars always look good. Don't they Joe? Giving us a David, I think you would agree. A five star rating is, it just looks nice. I, I love those five star ratings. Uh, subscribing to the show and sharing the show with your social media, with your family and your friends, just to give people a shot at listening to an episode. They may like it and continue to listen. They may share it with others. When we're doing that, we're showing our platform, okay? Whether it's uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, we're showing them, okay, more and more people are listening, more and more people are subscribing, and, and it helps us basically say to them, hey, help us out here to continue to put our uh, information out to the masses. So it's absolutely huge that you guys do that. Um, Joe, when I'm looking, I see thousands of people are listening, right? Or we have thousands of listens on our show. Uh, I haven't looked at the video counts yet. Our videos just started like 15, 16 episodes, no, a little more than that actually now, maybe 20 episodes ago almost now. Um, so all those people you're listening and you're watching, I mean, five stars, subscribe, share. If you love the show, let other people know about it. That helps us reach out to, I don't know, what, what, what do you think in terms of exponential uh, power that gives people, uh, that gives people running the podcast to grow their show? Oh, for me? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Why not? I mean... That's the whole basis of it, right? I mean, we've talked about this before. It's it's not even just about the sharing for other people to see it. I mean, of course, those are your more organic hits, but you know, also you're going to rate us higher when it comes to SEO. You always hear about search engine optimization. So the more five stars, the more shares, you validate our show that it's an actual credible source. And so it shows up higher on your podcast searches. It shows up higher in Google. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 Greatly, I don't know that there's an actual number. It greatly in, increases our our exponential value. Yeah, uh, David, any anything else you want to add to today's uh, interview? Um, uh, I can guarantee you this isn't the last interview. I know we've already talked about me being back on the Rising Above podcast here in the very near future. And uh, uh, anything you want to add to today's show, summing it up, or giving any of our our listeners or our viewers any more information? Um, oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
again, go ahead and, and look up the Rise and Above podcast, subscribe, like. Whenever anybody likes and and subscribes, I get excited. I'm like, I like I had, I think, two new subscribers on YouTube today. And I'm like, every time I get a new subscriber, I'm like, hey, babe, I got a new subscriber. And she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, so cool. They, that helps my ego a little bit. And yeah. it's cool to see when people, um, when they subscribe to your, your podcast, because then you know that they're invested a little bit as opposed to just listening. So, and, uh, I have quite a few people that just listen and don't subscribe and it's kind of frustrating a little bit as a creator, because you know, you wish those people would just tune in. Um, but, but yeah, um, no, I don't really have anything else to add other than that. Well, uh, again, we'll, we'll be with David again soon enough. And obviously whenever I am on the rising above podcast, here in Lansing, Michigan, I will obviously share that show on my social media with everybody. So anybody who listens to Two Brothers, One Mike, you will have that opportunity to listen to that episode on the Rising Above podcast with David Hess at that very studio he's sitting in right now. I've been there. I've been there uh, on the other side of the table. So, uh, Joe, uh, what's what's next week's show? Well, next week we're bringing back Ron the Pharmacist for the Performance Enhancement Drugs in Professional Sports episode we did a few episodes back. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit more about how they can actually have an effect on athletes' bodies. Yeah, um, folks, if anyone listened to that episode, it was episode six of this particular season. By the way, in that episode, when you listen, I say that it's February 25th. Uh, it was January 25th. <laughs> Uh, and so there I am, uh, way off uh, in the distance. I don't know where my brain was at in that episode. Uh, so uh, nonetheless, um, my apologies for that. But this episode is going to, now we're going to have the, the professional, right? We're going to have the pharmacist on. He's going to even go even dive even deeper into the diuretics. Uh, when we talk about, you know, the EPOs, uh, not just steroids, but all these other products that you have to watch for and what, you know, the World Anti-Doping Association is looking for and why these athletes are getting caught, you know, uh, off guard because they can't, they don't even realize sometimes they're taking stuff they're not supposed to be taking. And where is that problem at and where do we need to go with it? Uh, I'm sure Ron the Pharmacist has some professional opinions he's going to add to that. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. All right, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions, you can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony, Mr. David Hess, and myself, thanks for listening. There it is, Joe. You got that in one take this time. You're now, well, you're you're back on a streak. You, I think it was 11 in a row. Uh, now you're at one, so let's see how long it takes. Joe doesn't read the script now, folks. He, he's got that thing. I think I think you dream, and you actually, that you've said it so many times. That Some people know. sing in the car. I do the script. I don't know. Why not? It's a problem. It's a problem. Why not? Mr. David Hess, thank you so much. The Rising Above Podcast. Take it in, folks. Check it out. We'll be back next week. Be the best you. Take care, everyone.